Hey, I'm Michael Giacchino. I wrote the music for Jojo Rabbit, and I'm here talking with Kaya and Film Music Media All Access about Jojo Rabbit, just like I said. So that's what we're going to do here, so let's do it. Mikey, thank you so much for your yeah. time. So great to sit down with you. Um, so yeah, let's just dive right into Jojo Rabbit, because I think it's such a unique project. Um, talk about how you met Taika and like, how did you get involved with this? Because you haven't worked with him before. Is it just like yeah, you guys no. were both in the Marvel Universe and you kind of met that way? Well, or? <laughs> yeah, we, I think we met very, very briefly uh, at you know, one of the Marvel events or something, but I didn't yeah. know him at all. And um, I was a huge fan of his, of course, because yeah. I love his movies. And, um, you know, especially Hunt for the Wilder People, to oh me, God, it's just yeah. one of my, I just love that movie so much. And uh, Sam Neill can do no wrong. But, uh, <laughs> but it, you know, so... It was literally just came from a phone call. He, yeah. I got a call saying, hey, Taika would like to give you a call about something. Would you m be interested in talking to him? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to him. So he called me up, and we, we started talking about the movie, and, and he asked if I would read the script, which I never do. I don't really enjoy reading scripts generally because... What, you like react more, right? Yeah, well, what happens is I, as, as I, I just envision my own version of this okay. movie, and then... I inevitably start doing work, which mm, which yeah. which gets undone when I finally see the yeah, movie yeah. and go, like, oh wait, this is not what I was wrong. thinking. This is somebody else's <laughs> version of that script. So, uh, but for for him, I I absolutely was like, yeah, I, I'll read it. And yeah. so he sent it to me, and I loved it. And I was just like, yeah, I'm doing this movie. I will do this movie absolutely. <laughs> you know, because just knowing his sensibility, knowing his unique take on everything he does, yeah. I I you know, usually it's. Have, for a first time sort of relationship when I'm working with somebody, they have to be so solid and yeah. so like, there has to be something there. Because you usually just kind of work with your friends, you know? I usually am just working with my friends over yeah. and over, people that I know and love working with and I get their sensibilities and we have right. a lot of fun working together, you know? Um, so to bring someone new into the fold is always a little, you know, you're rolling the dice. But yeah, I, yeah. But I I didn't feel like I was rolling any dice with, with Taika. I thought, right. if anything, he was rolling dice on me, <laughs> you know, whether or not I could give him what he wanted. So I was like, okay, I'll go down that road. I'll get, we'll see what happens. So what did he want? What were those kind of first conversations about? Like, because it's such a unique story and a unique film with a unique kind of tone. So. Yeah, he wanted it to be emotional, mm. you know? It wasn't something that, that, you know, I think he knew there's comedy, there's satire involved in this film, but it, it can't, it can't live on that alone, and right. the, and the underlying truth has to be emotional. And um, funny, you know, he, he said to me one time, he goes, "Okay, you know what I want? You know, what I, you know how you made everyone feeling up? That's a, just do that for my movie. Just do that for my movie." <laughs> so cry on control. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, and and the thing is, you know, all the elements were there for him to do that, which which in his story, it's all there. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you get a movie that aspires to be that. And it's not. Uh, his his was there. It was I love. I mean, definitely has your sound. It, actually, there's parts that remind me of Lost a little uh -huh. bit. There's like kind of Lost sensibilities. Right. Kind of, but it was it was a great. It definitely, it kind of put you in a newer kind of area too. I kind of enjoyed it very much. Oh, kind great. of Knowing Good. all your work coming <laughs> for it. Um, but I want to rewind back, kind of go back to your kind of uh, origin story, because you you originally fell in love with filmmaking, right? It wasn't, was it, was, um, was music the original goal or was no, that? No, music was never the goal for me. Yeah. Um, I grew up starting nine years old. I made my first eight millimeter movie. That's right. Yeah. And I, you know, never stopped making them all through. I went to film school. I did all of that, you know, yeah. for all those years. I made tons and tons and tons of films, you know, 
you know, and that, you know, stop motion movies, movies with my friends. So it's yeah, you know, yeah. It's not Lawrence of Arabia, but no, it no. was it was something that I loved doing so much. And then uh, music, I sort of fell into when I was producing video games, and they needed. That's right. For, they needed something yeah. for uh, one of the games I was uh, working on, and I wrote a piece of music for it. And was music a hobby? Like, did you? Music was a hobby at okay. that point. Yeah, yeah, because after I graduated from film school, I said oh, I want to study more music. So I went mm. to Juilliard for a little under a year and studied composition and, and things there. And uh, and then when I moved out to LA, mm. I continued doing that at UCLA. But it's more about cherry picking things I was interested in. Yeah. I wanted to learn about orchestration. I wanted to learn about because I loved writing music and I was doing it, you know, on the side at night. I would do it. Yeah. Um, and then it just sort of kind of spiraled out of control. And, uh, and <laughs> it was like Lost World, Medal of Honor, and yeah, just kind of took off. All of these things. And you know, I, I have to give Steven Spielberg a huge amount of credit because right. he was the one that gave me my shot on The Lost World. You know, I had friends working on that game at the time, and I was actually not even working on that game. <laughs> I was working on another game at the studio, um, which had nothing to do with it, but he heard my music and he liked it and I met with him and he was like, we have to do this with a real orchestra and this and that. I'm like, okay, you know. Um, and then he gave me another shot on Medal of Honor and he's been super supportive throughout all of this. And so yeah, it, to, yeah. for me, it all like goes back to that crazy moment of him saying, you know, we have to use a real orchestra for this. Right. If that didn't happen, I, I wouldn't be sitting here with you today. Yeah, I mean, so and at really, the time, games weren't, that wasn't a thing for games. No. Like big orchestral scores. Nope. Yeah. And it's, in this town, it's hard to find people who are, who just want to, like, help somebody. Yeah. We're just like, oh, that person's good. Push them along, right. you know? Especially someone like him who can, who can so easily do that. And I, yeah. I, I really, uh, I admire him for that. And it's just been a huge, you know, so a huge thank you out to him. <laughs> For sure. I remember you're like your one of your first credits was uh, you're like an associate producer on the Lion King game. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you're just kind of yeah you're kind of behind the scenes just making working yeah. on these games. Yeah. Um, I was producing animation and doing I even had an animation company at one point. Really? Wow. You know, uh, which I, which I love. I love animation. I love all the. See, I, that's why I love filmmaking because you can. You're involved in all of the everything. arts. You know, yeah. it involves everything, which is great. Music, lighting, it. cinematography. Yeah. It's just it's like everything so is put together. Um, I don't remember you mentioned, uh, I was at some screening and you were talking about, did you have a, you had a job at Disney? Were you working like in Disney publicity? I worked or in something? publicity, yeah, so, before video games. Before, so that yeah. was your like, first kind My of first job out of college was working in publicity at Universal Pictures. At Universal, yeah. okay. And then I was there and then I got hired across the street by Disney. Yeah. And this was in New York City still at the time in their publicity department, started mm -hmm. working there. And then they moved me out to LA. So I was in publicity, I don't know, four years, five years, something like that. Wow. And then before <laughs> making the jump to video games and then into all the craziness that came yeah. after. But, uh, but it was invaluable. That time period was great. Even though at the time I wanted desperately to get out and do something else, yeah. looking back, I learned so much doing all of that. I, I learned yeah. so much about the business of filmmaking that I never would have had had I just stuck to studying music or studying, uh, you know, Filmmaking or whatever, right. you know, it's it's all of the other stuff around it that no one teaches you. Yeah, you don't learn in school. No, and but um and but talk about that because, it, I mean, it has to be essential to know the business side of this industry in order to, I guess, survive. Well, or, I think or I think it certainly need... helps you. And yeah. it can't hurt you. And I feel like you know when when music students come up to me and they're like, "What do I need to do to get yeah. to do what you're doing?" And I'm like, "Stop studying music. You should already know that at this point. Why are you going to grad school for music? What right. is, if you want to be a film composer." Go study movies. Yeah. Study film history. Study literature. 
study editing, go take a lighting class, go direct your own movie. Just understand what that process is on all fronts. Yeah. Because the more you can talk to the different people about what they do, the better, the more comfortable they'll feel with you. Yeah. And you'll be a better storyteller. You have to learn storytelling. You know, you can't just learn how to orchestrate really well. It's, right. it's useless to you in this business. You know, uh, when you if you if you're ignoring studying storytelling. So yeah. to me, I always tell them that that's what you got to do. Absolutely. But in terms of also like just like the kind of nitty gritty business side of things, contracts, unions, all yeah. these things. I mean, that that's such it's a big loud noise when you're here. Does that ever kind of interfere in the creative side of things? Do you ever just be like you want to just kind of like turn that off and just kind of be able to focus? Are you able to do that? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't bother with that too much. Yeah. I don't listen to it. I. I. You know. I'm very, I understand it all, so if, right. the, if the questions come about, I, I know exactly how to yeah. answer them about it. And on the business side, I'm very uh, well-versed in all of that, so I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah. To me, it's, and there's something enjoyable about that side as well, like right. you know, the whole producing thing. I did spend a fair amount of my time producing video games and animation and, and everything, sure, so, yeah. so you're, that's all part of the, that job. So right, right. I do enjoy that. I, I think it's a... Uh, you know, it's a fun part. Again, it's like all the elements that are involved yeah. in what we do are interesting to it's me. It's so amazing, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we talked about video games. Um, you kind of use that as a launching point, then you move to TV and then films. And within that time, games have become this resurgence. I mean, the, the top grossing entertainment entities, you know, ever. That's like, crazy. Like Call of Duty just came out and, like, broke every record. Um, would you ever go back? Would you ever go, think you'd go back to video games and maybe do something? Um, it would take a very special person and or or um, uh, product yeah. to do, you know what I mean? To entice I, you back. Because I'm, it's an, and it's not so much about enticing, it's more about just time. I, I am so busy on these oh, other sure. things that I'm committed to, it's just hard to find time to do it. Games you know, can because stretch across like years sometimes. You yeah. Know, you know? I mean, some of the best times I've had in music have been working on video games. I loved working on Medal of Honor and all of those things. Yeah. Like, those were great. The first Call of Duty series, mm -hmm. every, it was just, that was a great time, and I was able to write big orchestral music, and I had a lot of fun doing yeah. it. Um, but sort of my business has changed into more, uh, well, from, went from there to television and then into movies, and mm -hmm. that sort of like has swallowed me up at this point. So, yeah, for sure. So I mean, your TV stuff I'm not, is great. I'm too. not counting mm -hmm. it out. Uh, you know, who knows? At some point, Black Black is an underrated game. That's one of my. Yeah. I did it with Chris. Yeah, it I did great. that with Chris, and Chris yeah. Chris is great. Yeah. yeah, Chris is. I love Chris's yep. music, and he's yeah. a big gamer too. I love it. Yeah, well, he yeah. see. I don't play games. I'm yeah. terrible at them. I don't play them. Chris plays them, and he <laughs> loves them. them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, uh, in terms of TV as well, I know you just talked about you're kind of absorbed in movies, but since you did Lost, Lost, I would credit as like. The game changer that kind of changed network TV. Yeah. Um, now we have this kind of they call them the golden age of t TV right now. Would you ever go back to do maybe like a mini series or? A yeah. Again, I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, a lot of the people I work with go in and out of, of yeah. both worlds, you know, and uh, and I feel like those lines are blurring more and more every day. Mm -hmm. So it really would depend again on what it is and who who would I be doing it with? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> go out and seek just for the sake of doing a television yeah, just show. Yeah. Want to do one? Yeah. But if someone I know really well or respect came to me and said, you know, I would certainly entertain anything that's yeah. good storytelling. So let's talk about your uh, kind of just general approach. Um, where does the first note come from? I know you talked about you don't like to read scripts. You like to kind of wait and see something. Do you tr try to just wait for, for that first cut? Do you, like, do you want a more final cut? No, I, a first cut is fine, a rough cut, because it'll give me the emotional mm -hmm. you know, direction they want to go. But the first note comes from how did I feel about that movie? How did I feel about mm -hmm. it? You know, and I'm, always, I'm never 
ever, ever, ever writing music where I go, oh, that's the sad part, so I have to write sad music. Right. It's always about writing the music that I'm feeling, mm -hmm. you know? So the movie has to work on some level. Yeah. You know, uh, and if it's not working, then I can't really do that movie. I can't, it's hard to work on that kind of a thing. It's hard to fake it. I can't fake it. Yeah. And I know I would be miserable. I would, yeah. hate, I would hate working on it. It's very difficult. I don't want to do that. Right. So I only choose things that I actually, that triggers something in me, mm -hmm. you know? And that even for the big movies, you know, even for Spider-Man, there has to be something about it. An emotional hug. That makes yeah. me, you know, uh, so that's what I'm always looking for. So that, that always, the music always starts there. How did I feel about the movie? And I can write something. If I felt something, I can write something. And do you ever tap into, I guess, just in your personal life? I mean, I, we all have our stories. We all are sponges. Yeah. We absorbing. Do you ever, like, if you're reacting kind of, oh, you're making yourself cry, do you have to go back to maybe, maybe a tough time in your life, or do you have to find something joyful to kind of get that joy? Do you, do you, is it ever kind of autobiographical, I guess, in a sense? Well, usually if you're reacting to something in that way, it's because something else that you can relate sure. to in your own life happened. You right. Know? Um, you know, so if something is happening to a character on screen, it might remind you of something that yeah. happened in your own life, and you definitely tap into those real emotions because all of those life experiences you have, that's your that's your that's your well of of creativity, right? Mm -hmm. That's where you get everything from. So you can reach back, but you have to be, I feel like, a truly empathetic person. You have to be able to understand and feel for someone else and something sure. else. I I would imagine that it would be really difficult for a someone who has no empathy <laughs> to write something that is supposed to feel like it has empathy. I, I don't so, know how that would work. Uh, like, a, a, like AI scoring. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the AI can understand that structurally this is how movies work. Yeah. And this is what normally happens, you know. But, but in terms of making that emotional connection from one human to another human, that's, that has to be real. But do you also, I mean, do you, there's also like a psychology behind music too. And do you understand like when you're doing something like I know this will get a certain effect from a human being? Or do you, do you have like the kind of like um, tools that you'd be like, okay, I know how to get that? No, it's really about, is it making me feel that okay. way? Always have to go with that. I, have, I always, how, how is it making me in, put, is it putting me in the emotional space that, mm. I, that I think that I need to be in for this particular moment? Right. So it, it has to be that, you know? Because there's one thing you do that I, I notice, it, you always, it, not always, but sometimes you'll close a cue and you kind of have to sustain those strings. Uh -huh. And that technique, I don't know, I, I can't explain what it does to me. It's just like, it's like, it's like the movie is rolling or the scene is rolling and then it's just like, freeze that emotion, yeah. like push it to the front of your head. And you're yeah. just like, it kind of holds you there. Yeah. It's just like you grip the audience. Is that, how did you? I think it's more about, because it makes me, when I do that, I, it feels right to me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not really ever thinking about beyond, you know, you know making the audience feel something. It's more about, you know, what can I do to make me feel more yeah. about what this is? This is, you I just know. I love that technique. It's yeah, just... <laughs> it's, 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 always, it's always, sadly, it's always about, you know, making me, you know, I'm just trying to get across to you how I'm feeling. Right. And that's what it is. So when you're working with, you mentioned you talk about you working with your friends, J.J. Redbird and, mm -hmm. and Matt Reeves, of course. Um, when you, I guess when it comes to a disagreement, what happens? Like, are you guys just... Do the voices get raised, or is yelling happening, and then you just like, oh, you know, guys, not or... yelling. In a, not, <laughs> yes, there is arguments, of course, yes, yeah. and we go back and forth. But it's about us trying to make sure that the other person is on solid ground with what they're thinking about, you mm -hmm. know, uh, and 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 challenging each other. Yeah, you know, I mean, JJ and I challenge each other all the time, and it's the best thing in the world because yeah. it feels like I, I he points things out to me that I never would have thought about. Right, you know. 
uh, and it helps make what I'm doing better. You know, and the door is open for me to do the same with him. It's same with Brad and Matt. You know, that that sort of trust in collaboration is really it's so important. All we we all want the same thing. We want the movie to be the best it can be. We want you know we are all on the same side. We're there to help each other. Yeah. You know, I also understand. Look, in the end, it's it's their movie. And I would never force them to do anything, you know, that, that in the end, even if I don't agree with it. But once we've had that conversation, hopefully I'm at a new understanding as to why it is they want it a certain way or why right. they want to do, do that. But I have to say, like, most of the time we are really on the same page yeah. about everything. And, and it really is a, uh, uh, it's a joyful experience. Yeah. <laughs> but that creative, you know, uh, fight is an important thing to have. It is. You have to you do it. Because if, if you just yourself, sit there yeah. and listen and just do what you're told, nothing new will ever come out of it, or no surprises, and those surprises yeah. are the things that make things special. For sure. You, know, yeah. you just never know how or when it's gonna happen. And now you're kind of, you've, you've, you're kind of stepping in the director's chair a little bit. You did a short with Patton Oswalt, yeah. and then I think uh, some Star Trek stuff were you working yeah. on. Yeah. Um, do you f foresee yourself maybe doing a feature one day, like a big feature? Yeah, I'd love feature? to, I'd love to. I definitely would love to do that. It would be a lot of, you know, I, I mean, I just, it's about more just kind of picking up where I left off years ago and yeah. just sort of saying, you know what, I want to do that again. And it's not that I would abandon music, I certainly wouldn't. Um, would you but score I, your own film? Yeah, I definitely you would. would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I scored the one with Patton. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Fun, and I, you know, and I'm scoring the Star Trek short that I'm doing, yeah. uh, which is really a blast. I love that. It's been so much fun to do that, and it's just made me realize how much I miss yeah. making things like yeah, that, yeah. you know, and working with all these different artists as opposed to just me sitting in a room <laughs> writing on a piano and being like, all right. Uh, <laughs> right. I really do. I love working with crews. I love working with that. So yeah, I, the hope is, yeah, do more of that. Um, so you worked on a ton of uh, sequels. Is there, um, I guess, a recipe for a sequel? Do you have like a, a thing, like what to do, what not to do? Do you kind of embrace that original theme, especially if it's yeah. not your theme? And how do you, you know, like whether it's Mission well, Impossible or Jurassic Park? Well, certainly. There are certain things I think you need new, though. If you're not, if you don't infuse a sequel with a certain amount of newness, to me, it's not interesting. Right. You know, um, Spider-Man. You know, as for fun, we opened the film logos with using with, the old yeah. Spider-Man thing, and that was just because Kevin uh, Feige and I are complete dorks. Yeah, and just nerds. We dorks, love yeah. it, and uh, we were just like, let's make it as big as possible, and it was just purely out of that. Uh, but Spidey has his own theme, which yeah. then evolves into the next movie, and. Uh, and it's important for me, I loved it when you would see movies, you know, especially in the 80s and all mm -hmm. of that, there are so many great film scores. But if there was a sequel, it held on to whatever was that main theme yeah. that, it, that, it, that it leaned on, but it expanded. Like if you listen to the soundtrack for Star Wars, mm -hmm. and then you listen to Empire Strikes Back, you have the Star Wars main theme still holding strong there. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yet you have all this new stuff too. Right. Like to me, if it doesn't do that, then it's not interesting. Yeah. I like it when things evolve and you keep getting new ideas and themes and you're just building out this world, yeah. uh, this musical world. To me, that's, that's, I love that. And when you're taking over, so I know you're just starting work on the Batman, but um, is it hard to ignore what came before? I mean, you know what Hans did, what Danny did, what the original. <laughs> yeah. I, do you have to try to block that out and just try to focus on whatever Matt is creating? No, no, no. Because those are... It's like graphic novels or comic books. If you read comic books or graphic novels, they each have their own take on these characters, yeah. right? And some of them are darker, some of them are funnier, some of them are more, you know, right in between. It's all over the map. Yeah. That's how I look at these. These are all different interpretations of right. it. You know? And I love what Danny did 
on Batman. I, I love what Hans did. I love, but that's their version of it, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm sure my version will be very different from yeah. their versions, you know. <laughs> Much to the disappointment of a lot of people in the world, uh, it's going to be different uh, because it's so funny on Twitter. Everyone's like, "You have to use the theme from this Batman or that Batman." I'm like, "I'm like, I." <laughs> Uh, we're doing our own Batman. Yeah. Leave us alone. You know, we're doing our own version of our no, thing. You sure. know, but but people, man, they get really. It's crazy. Batman means a lot to people. I thought Star Wars meant a lot to people. Yeah. Batman's been like ever since like this been announced and everything. It's been really interesting just looking at everyone's responses. <laughs> going, so you just kind of have to wipe all that aside and just do what you think is right for the movie. It's not about pulling something up from the dead unless it has a real specific reason for. Being there, absolutely. So, um, uh, for is there a certain genre that you kind of uh, gravitate towards? I know you kind of mix. I, mean, I think you've done everything at this point. Even with Planet of the Apes, you even kind of got to do a little spaghetti western. A little oh yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Which really I fun. love uh, that score. By yeah, the way. No, it's, I love those movies. I love. Yeah, is there? But is there a genre that you haven't tapped or something that you're just like, oh, that would be interesting to do? You've done horror. You've I've done, done horror, yes. Comedy, romance. I enjoy horror. I would like to do more of yeah, that. Yeah, I think that would be good. I think you know, I would like to do more of that. It's hard to find a good horror movie, yeah. though. You know, you, there's a ton of horror movies, but it's hard to find those good ones. Yeah, Let Me In was a good one. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's because it comes from a really personal place. You it's know? very an emotional film. It's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, and I think it has to be in order to, to really work. Yeah. Um, horror movies nowadays, a lot of them are just jump scares and, you know, loud noises yeah. And, yeah. and all that. And it, I guess it can be fun, but it's not as interesting to me as something that is much more psychological and, and goes deep into a character. Right. So for folks who don't know, uh, talk about your track titles and the inspiration. What, how did that start? What was the origin of your kind of punny track titles? This started back on Alias. You know, Steve Davis, who's my music editor, right. still work together today. He... Uh, you know, he, it's his, it was his job to put together spotting notes for each episode, and he would have to put titles for these things, you know? And, uh, and he started titling them these crazy things, and I was like, that's pretty funny. And then I was like, yeah, but I can do a better one than that. We started like kind of having this contest back and forth, yeah. whoever could come up with the best title. And that sort of spilled over as, as my sort of career grew and started working on different movies and I have like two or three music editors that I work with on a normal basis. Mm -hmm. and, and we all just started doing it together. <laughs> and, and it was just more out of, I don't know, just to keep ourselves busy so we don't, you know, it's go <laughs> stir go crazy. crazy doing what we're doing. It was just more about having fun and doing it. And all those cute titles went out. We never thought of it because we thought it was just for us, yeah. you know. But then when albums start coming out and all of this and, and then I remember Star Trek, it sort of hit ahead when Star Trek came out because people got very upset <laughs> about the track titles on, on the Star Trek album. And uh, there's one guy I remember you know, yelling on some film score forum yeah, thing. Right. Uh, Does he not take his job seriously? How dare he name these things this way? This is going down in history. Like he went on this huge rant. And I was like, wow, okay. So you'd rather me just name it like, you know, Space chase, yeah. uh, or you know, End or scene. Kirk jumps over chasm. You yeah. know, I, I'm like, I'm sorry, not gonna do that. You know, where did World's Worst come from? Again, Stephen Davis. It was World's Worst Beach Party, I think. 
No, there was worlds where something in Alias. I forget what the very yeah, first party one was. was. Lost, I think, yeah. Yeah, Lost was the beach party, but but after we did it in Alias, <laughs> worlds worst. There must have been a few of them in, in Alias, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but it just became a thing. Uh, almost every movie that we do now has, has a, has a, has a world's world worst. worst. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite ones is Kiss and Vinegar from, from yeah, Ratatouille. That's right. I, I kind of love. There's also another one I love. <laughs> Yeah, that one's that was Stephen Davis. Paul Applegreen did one, which I thought the Apes of Wrath. Apes of Wrath. Yeah, that's oh, a great. The Apes ones had great ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to put you on the hot seat a little bit. So Marvel kind of come into this debate now with uh, Scorsese and everything. What's your take on this Marvel not cinema? Do you get the point that all these auteur filmmakers are making? And as someone who's in I the think, Marvel universe, yeah, what's... I understand it. I understand. I feel like they 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 feel like they're being crowded out of the. Uh, out of the bigger picture of, mm. of film ex exhibition, and uh, and that's that's a legitimate beef, you know. I yeah. get that, you know. I don't, I don't, you know. Of course, it's cinema. It's all cinema. It's all cinema. It's, it's, it's yeah. all cinema. It's, it, and it's you know. The, and 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 look, there are um, great mafia movies, and there's terrible mafia <laughs> movies. So look, let's 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 be honest about all of this. We're all sure. trying to do the best we can. Yeah. You know, on all sides. Uh, but I do think there's something to be said about leaving some room for more, uh, for the smaller films and the smaller filmmakers and sure. pushing them more as something to see. We tend to only push the bigger things. And I yeah. think it is important to, to push the, uh, the other things as well. The Jojo Rabbits, you know, yeah, the Jojo the, Rabbits, the, yeah. you know I, I think uh, Lady Bird, all of these things are just like, those are, because I, I love that movie. And I, you know, yeah, Lady Bird's very great. if I wasn't like, living in this town, doing what I'm doing, I probably never would have heard of that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I was out somewhere in middle America, I wouldn't have heard about it. So I do think it is important to make room for them yeah. and to give them uh, props, help them out, and let them stand alongside all of these other movies that are being made. Absolutely. You know, especially, you know, especially when they deserve it. You yeah. know, that's like, you know, right. we have to kind of help with that. So to, to wrap things up, um, as someone, who, a fellow human who has a hard to pronounce name, mm -hmm. what's the worst butchering of your last name that you've ever heard? Oh God, it, it goes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, no offense to the people who announced my names at the awards. <laughs> yeah, at the awards, I got to say, uh, you know, in two thousand nine. But that was, yeah, that was kind of like, you know, guys, just do a little homework and, uh, you know, so Pronunciation, yeah, pronunciation.com. Yeah, right? exactly, or just you know, write it phonetically. Some, I don't know. Uh, I've, but I've lived with that through my whole life. It's yeah. always been like that. So it's, I've been Kaya for most of my life. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so. it's, it's just not surprising to me. I'm just like whatever. <laughs> That's why on my Twitter I show how to pronounce it. Yeah, you G know, you know. Actually, no, Giacchino. Giacchino. Yeah, Giacchino. Giacchino is acceptable, but yeah, it's not. It's ja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Monsieur Little Jacket. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you there so we go. much. Yes. For thanks your for time me. today. It was such great to chat with you, and um, yeah, hope we can do this again maybe some other time. It would be great. Sounds great. Awesome.